0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Flying Lion podcast. I'm here tonight with my co-host, Sam. We're chatting on kind of a busy week for FC Cincinnati. In some sense, there wasn't a game, but a lot of announcements, a lot of moving parts. Um, But we're just excited to be here and chat again about, you know, the team we love. And to kind of recap in some ways, what a unbelievable year, uh, you know, that we've been fortunate to watch compared to the first three years in the MLS, Sam.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um excited to, to kind of talk about a lot of stuff. Like you said, you know, there weren't games. So, you know, usually you're thinking, man, you know, what do these guys have to talk about? Well, you know, this was an actually uh, a newsworthy week um, up and down from, awards to player injuries to suspensions to you know etc right um looking forward to, to covering it all
0: yeah i think uh you hit it right on you know i'm, I'm really excited at least for this first part here we're going to chat a little bit about the award season beginning in the mls um so we'll chat a little bit about that we'll get into some kind of um i would say a little bit of a review from the new york red bulls and kind of uh Some things that rolled over in the in the past week, you know, from that game, including Miazga's whole fiasco, a little bit of the injury recaps and kind of see where everyone's at from last week in practice. And then as we get towards the end of the episode, we're going to do a little bit more of a playoff review of some of the games that have been going on um, and also kind of give our takes really as to what what we can change uh, in the playoff formats um, and moving forward, kind of what we want to see. Um, so I'm really excited to kind of get through this here. We're also going to touch a little bit about the international break as some of our players are going into that. Um, but Sam, you know, let, let's talk about award seasons. You know, this past week we had some big announcements. So first off, you know, really in the same night, we had the goal of the year and the save of the year both announced for FC Cincinnati players. Um, I'm going to let you choose which one you want to chat on first.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll start with goal of the year first. Um, I mean, as soon as we saw it, let's be honest, we we thought it was a no-brainer for goal of the year. Um, Mucho Lucho, right? So it, it had to be <laughs> had to be the goal of the year. Um, and I thought it was really funny too. I was, you know, reading up on, on anything and actually saw that MLS.com says that he dazzled the TQL stadium crowd with a Lionel Messi esque finish. So we put a video side-by-side, you know, to Acosta and Messi. So, you know, now the MLS is stealing ideas from us. So, you know, I guess we're, we're going somewhere, right? (laughs) But um, I I think this will definitely be the the first of two end of the season honors for Lucho for sure.
0: Yeah. Preview to come for that one for sure. Um, I instantly like stood up during this goal and said, Oh my gosh, like what did I just watch? Like, unbelievable live he takes on three or four defenders Uh, as Sam was kind of referencing the messy goal was very similar going from you know the midfield strike all the way in and taking the ball just unbelievable effort by Lucho to score that um, and to really kind of cap you know at least in my opinion the MVP that was his MVP moment and that's what Sam was alluding to there so Goal of the year, just unbelievable. You know, maybe it's against Charlotte with not a great defense, but I mean, no one's gonna know that. No one who did, who did Messi score against in that goal? You can't even tell no me. No idea. So exactly, yeah, no idea. Exactly <laughs> my point. Exactly my point. So the on the flip side of things, when I when I go over to the save of the year in the MLS, Roman Salantano. Um, earlier on in the year, Sam, we were at this game. And FC Cincinnati has a lead at the very end and the crew have a dangerous position in the corner. They have a free kick that they end up whipping into the box. There was an initial header and then it gets to the back post and it's pretty much a wide open header. And me and you are on that side right in front of the goal, watching this unfold. And we're like, it's going to happen to us. You know, it's a Cincinnati moment. Here we go. And Roman gets big. You know, and really just saves a point blank header, uh, which I in the moment just thought was just an unbelievable effort by him um, and ends up being the save of the year. So both of them, um, for those not familiar, were voted kind of by fans, um, you know, at the very end of the year, there's a couple different selections for it. And our FCC supporters really showed out in the voting, um, you know, awesome mm-hmm. work by uh, all FCC nation just for voting and getting out there and showing that we're worthy of that Um, for at least the goal of the year, Sam, I don't know if you realize this, the goal of the year actually was not even the goal of the week in the week that it happened. Uh, So the St. Louis fans actually had voted their player as the goal of the week, but the FC Cincinnati fans kind of ended up, you know, salvaging this and getting it to be goal of the year, which we kind of predicted, would potentially happen. And here we are. So it's just kind of ironic that that happened.
1: Yeah. I, 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 really do think that's, that's really funny. Not even go with the week, but it turns out to be goal of the year. Interesting. But as far as the, the save from Roman, like just, wow, the more, like you said, we, we got to see it live and in person. And then the highlights, the slow motions, just it's incredible. Incredible! Yeah. Um, ninety third minute of a rivalry game, right, on your home turf in TQL Stadium, uh, an absolutely legendary save in FC Cincinnati ha- FC Cincinnati history, without
0: a doubt. Yeah, for sure. And you make a good point because, like, if you think about how many people have ever seen in a single MLS season the goal of the season and the save of the season at home, in the
1: same season, yeah, in the same stadium,
0: in the same stadium, yeah. like. It could have been an away goal or an away save, but we saw both of them at home in front of our unbelievable fans. So credit to, you know, these guys for doing their thing. We're doing our thing by showing up to these games and supporting them. Um, but as we move on, you know, another award that was just announced today, Sam, we kind of lucked out on the timing of this one, but I kind of have a, a, a kind of a comp conspiracy theory on on this one here but matt miazga is your defender of the year in the mls so miazga um unbelievable year you know this is a player that i had been calling for fc cincinnati to have in our defense for what now two or three years sam you know before he came to us i said he is the glue guy we need this guy to basically sure up our defense and Here he is winning defender of the year. So very, very proud of Matt. With all the drama and everything going on, you know, don't overlook the fact that he had an unbelievable season. The stats are one aspect of things, but the players and everyone that is around the sport knows the importance of a center back who's vocal, who can lead the team um, and really solidify things in the back. And, And that's what Matt did this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely to to your credit. I think he needed us just as much. Um, you know, you had mentioned that you know, him coming over really helped us and helped us solidify our back line. Well, he's kind of riding the bench at, at Chelsea over there a little bit. Had not been selected in the US men's national team and he was kind of, you know, up in the air of like what's going to go on with this guy's career. Cincinnati's like, "Hey, we'll take you." Like you you still could be a, a crucial piece here in the MLS. You still have some, you know, life to give over here. Personally, he probably left the MLS a little too early, um, <laughs> but my goodness, has he contributed to FC Cincinnati? I mean, I mean, you were talking about stats, the, the guy in his first full season back in the MLS. He, he's 28 years old, right? Anchored the league's fifth best defense, only allowing 39 goals in all comps. I mean, I mean, That's pretty solid right there.
0: Yeah, great stat on that. Um, Just in seeing his immediate impact, you know, um, in basically this past year, you know, we've only lost like six games, I think I saw, um, when he was on the field. You know, he started in 10 different clean sheets, tied for fourth most among, you know, players in the MLS that were outfield players, meaning like a non-keeper position. Um, But we lost only four games since his arrival um, I don't think that one's actually right. I think it was six. I had seen six. I, there was another one that it had said four, but I think it was actually six. But just, yeah, un- unbelievable effort by him this year um, and really since he's been here. The one thing that I said, kind of the conspiracy thing, Sam, I tweeted this out today. If you look at the video of when they announced to Matt in practice that he had won Defender of the Year, context clues on this, guys. You really have to look in the background. Bupenza is in the video and he's there and training. Baji is there and running around with him as well. So this tells me that this was announced to the team probably about two weeks ago, if not earlier in the week, last week. And I know that because right now Bupenza is in uh, Gabon, I believe for his international break, you know, playing for his national team. So it clearly wasn't done today. Uh, It was announced today. But it kind of begs the question, Sam, that do we know all the awards already? You know, are these already out there? And they're just kind of staggering their release dates on it. Um, So kind of to what we had touched on a little bit earlier, I wonder if, you know, Lucha is already the MVP and he knows it. And maybe he's going to use that going forward. And maybe Matt kind of played with a different energy too, knowing that, hey, I'm the defender of the year. And maybe he got treated a little bit differently because of it. I don't know that's a potential, but that's kind of what I had seen just based off context clues and looking at that video.
1: Yeah. I love the theory. Um, let's run with it. Um, because <laughs> I think you're absolutely right on the video part. It definitely was filmed, you know, prior, um, and it's definitely not, you know, today or yesterday, or whatever. Um, I, I think that's a good point on that. As far as Lucho being named MVP at the same time, I don't, I don't know if they would do that during practice. I feel like they'd give Miazga his limelight for that practice. So that would be my only. Well, I think like maybe they've already announced it to him.
0: Maybe not in the same practice, but like it's already been told to him is what I'm getting at. And does that affect their play on the field? You know, for some of these games, knowing that they already have that in in the bag,
1: considering. You know, I I don't know, you know, I don't know if because you know, <laughs> it could be announced in between now and, you know, our next playoff game. Like we don't it's know. True. Right. So. Is it going to affect his play or is it going to be announced beforehand? You know, I, I think, it'll it should be announced here in the next. It should be announced before they play. No one like seems to happen. know.
0: Like nationally, like, you know, you look around and there's no set time. Like there was a deadline on when the awards like had to be like nominated by a certain time, but there's no timeline on like when they're going to like come out with this at all. So it's just kind of interesting. But the other side of things, you know, MVP is, go ahead, Sam.
1: Well, well, I was going to say, so, you know, on Matt Miazga, I was looking, you know, obviously they came out with the percentages and I thought it was interesting that. A guy who is so—I feel like he's the guy who's hated by the media and hated by the opposing fans. Yet the media gives him the highest percentage of votes out of all the defenders. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Um, I think the players had voted Tim Parker of St. Louis. Um, I think he had 19 percent, and Miazga had like 16 uh, percent from the clubs or from the players. So, um, yeah, I, I thought the media boosting <laughs> Miazga a lot was was definitely interesting.
0: Yeah, that was, you know, kind of the thing on the the voting, at least for awards, goes into team vote, you know, meaning like the GMs, the coaches, player vote, uh, media vote. And uh, the different kind of sections for that and how it's broken down, it does get very interesting. You're right. And uh, is that, you know, at least on the player side of things, because of the ultimate competitor side of Miazga, um, hey, no one likes this, but that's okay. You know, that's one of our cheers. Um, we're, we're still going to secure these awards and no one can say anything different. We were the best team this year. Um, so I yep. think it's just fun for me to see that. But that's a really good point, though, uh, looking at the breakdown. I was just going to say on the flip side, though, you know, I kind of give you my theory for the MVP part. Do you think that right now, Bradley Carnell, the coach of St. Louis, is the favorite for coach of the year? Although Pat Noonan, you know, we can say all we want I think he deserves it more than him. All these other St. Louis fans might say differently. If St. Louis's coach knows he's coach of the year before the playoffs start, and then they fail miserably out of the playoffs, you know how does that affect things? That's it's just kind of fascinating to look at the timing.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure on that either. You know, (laughs) different different things could be, you know, kind of, I guess told through the, the grapevine, you know, prior to these, these different games. Um, but once again, unless you're behind the scenes and and you're them um, yeah. and you don't really know, um, I, I do think it would be absolutely hilarious for us FC Cincinnati fans to see us kind of clean the board or sweep the board there over St. Louis. Um, I would absolutely love that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Um it, it would be really cool and what an honor for Pat if that happens. You know, they're both both coaches are going to say they're going to prepare the same no matter what. Um they they're just professionals, you know, in that sense, but it, it is just kind of funny. So, as we alluded to Sam, are you ready to move on? We can move on to the Miazga fiasco from last yep. week. So, Tuesday of last week, um this kind of tr- I don't even know how to describe this situation that comes out about after the New York Red Bulls game. Um, it was a tweet by the PSRA, which is a union as a part of the officials, um, you know, a separate group from pro referees. They're seemingly, you know, associated with each other comes out with this tweet that there was an unnamed player who had basically forced his way into the locker room of the officials had to be forcibly removed by security. Um, And then subsequent tweets come out with more information just that, hey, you know, it appears it is Matt, like everyone was kind of unfortunately thinking. Um, But, you know, thanks to some of our local media guys, Pat Brennan, I think was the first one to break it that, you know, he wasn't forcibly removed by security. It was our own comms department. So um, does this timing kind of impact, number one, the fact that we're trying to appeal You know, getting him to play in the next match, which ultimately we attempted to do, um, but we're unsuccessful. So it looks like Matt's out for the next game. Again, ironic situation, considering he just was named Defender of the Year. Um, It would have been even funnier if it was like Sam he is like the humanitarian of the year or, you know, he's the good guy of the year. And then he like gets a suspension in the playoffs. I just think that that would have been hilarious. That would have been so funny. Like, cause this has already been voting on like, they just have to like put it out now. Um, it was just a very interesting situation that kind of unfolded over the last several days of last week, to be honest. But, um, it just seems all overblown by one side and kind of a lie in some ways, uh, even though they're going to go through the proper channels through the MLS to see what actually happened. But
1: yeah, that's what I was going to touch on is it it feels very overblown. I mean, you know, I'm kind of torn on the situation, obviously, you know, I I'm, I'm for as far as like, Hey, once the referees are down the tunnel, like don't, Don't try and do anything like they're just humans, just as much as we are, (laughs) um, as much as they do tend to make a lot of mistakes. Um, Right. You know, I I feel like we're still just not getting all the details that we need. Right. You know, I feel like it's a lot of just vague stuff. And and regarding that tweet, I, I thought the tweet makes it seem a lot more violent and threatening than it probably was. Right. Like, it sounded like he was just in there causing chaos, which I'm assuming it was a similar tone of the one he had on the field with the referee. It was like, Hey, I just want an explanation. I want
0: clarification, you know?
1: Yeah. I want a clarification on what happened and and why you gave me a yellow during, you know, the end of the 90 minutes there. And for the, the penalty, like what, just give me some clarification. So that way I can go on and go back to my locker room. Now, is that the right way to go about it? Probably not. Right. However, you know, after a game, you're going to be a little bit heated because you're, I don't know if he knew, but he, he had to have known like, Hey, I'm probably suspended for the next game. And (laughs) yeah, I, I need some explanation or I need to, to cool my head a little bit going into that game or, you know, going into the appeal process.
0: Yeah. I mean, the ultimate competitor comes out and, you know, he should never have put himself in this situation if that truly occurs, but we don't know the location of our locker room compared to the refs. We don't know if you talked to him on on the way back to the locker room, you know, or were they in the hallway together? I mean, those are all unknowns, but from this tweet, which like if you look at it now and there's been further clarification, what can we really say is like truly real about this situation? You can't. I mean, because the, the they only already thing lied about from, one part.
1: Yeah, the only thing we have from the location is the fact that the picture, like from that tweet, is like the it's taken outside like the locker room for right. the referees, which you don't even know if that's their, their stadium or just a general photo like, or it, yeah, yeah, it's literally just a general photo. And so you're, you're bound to think like, Holy crap. Miazgo is literally just trying to get into their room and like banging on the door tight. Like that's what you immediately go to because that's what the picture kind of insinuates.
0: Yeah. It's unfortunate in the timing and, is there foul play you know based on when all this stuff comes out like there's a lot of stuff like that we can only speculate on and the factual part of it right now is he's out next match so that's the biggest thing that I'd like to press on the fact now you know that that is one thing but kind of this rumor mill of will he be suspended more all of the drama behind that is um again speculative but would be super unfortunate because of, again, he's defender of the year. We need him for the last several games. Um, so Matt, again, why put yourself in these positions if you truly were asking for clarification, like, I get you, man. I get it. I've been there, but it's not the time. you know, you can't you can't be doing that then. So that's my opinion yeah. on that. yeah, so I guess, um, from that scenario, you know, again, like, would he be running around when he wins defender of the year and super cheery and happy like at practice? Like, yeah, he's going to be happy about it. But again, further is my point that I don't think this video, you know, was necessarily from today. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think we put the theory out there. We see, I think the Twitter world has already gotten a good (laughs) glimpse at it and people are going, Oh, he could be right about this one. Let's see. Let's see. So, um, would love to to get more response on that uh, in the coming days,
0: yeah, I think we can move on at least a little bit to a little bit other playoff news reviews um as we alluded to a little bit earlier on, St Louis, the top seed on the western side um was the only upset in this first round the best of three that carried over you know three weeks uh unbelievable that again this is scheduled this way um but you know, St. Louis is the only team that uh, gets knocked out by Sporting Kansas City. Actually, it was pretty impressive. They look pretty good, Sam. Um, that was the big kind of headline for me, the the part that I missed in my bracket. Um, and then, you know, Philly now without Kai Wagner um, with his three-game suspension for his comments on the field. Now, again, with some other comments coming out that potentially Bobby Wood had instigated some things. Um it is fascinating, again, that all this is happening during the playoffs, but things are heightened. You know, there's more importance behind each of these scenarios. Um, but, hey, we're on to the next round. That's what's important to me. But, again, talking about these playoffs in in the new settings that we have this year, Sam, I, my question I pose to you is, kind of what's our fix to the playoffs if there is one, or like you had mentioned before, do we scrap it all together? Which I thought your tweet and even from the the last podcast was a really thought provoking one. And, you know, do we change the setup of the schedule again at the end of the year, we'll touch on it more, but I want to hear about that now on, on your thoughts.
1: Yeah. I mean, going forward, I think, you know, if we were to sit down and say, all right, how do we fix the playoffs? Truly, how I would fix it once again is having no playoffs whatsoever. However, that's not the question. <laughs> the question is, how do you fix the playoffs as it is right now? Right. And so, first thing I would do is take out the wild card, take out the best of three series, and make everything single elimination straight to penalties for every single game, even the final. All right. For so a tie, way, for a tie, you go to PKZ. To the point- yeah, yeah. for a tie, you go straight to PKs, no extra time, no okay. lollygagging, just straight to PKs so that way the action is compact and every moment matters, right, is what yeah. the playoffs should be. I, I'm a little weary on how many teams because originally I was like, hey, just give me five playoff spots for <laughs> both sides, for East right. and West. However, I, I'm adjusting that to seven Uh, of the best teams from the east and the west and then the number one seed gets a first round buy that's what i'm going with okay
0: yeah i mean it's similar to what it was before you know number one seeds used to get a first round buy you kind of incentivize that i think you still kind of go off of the way that you're looking at it i still think you give the top team overall you know home field advantage throughout um so that's the scenario i would i would set up as well um similar to you you know i had a possible fix um, you know, based on the current playoff setting, which for me would be similar to your single elimination over two weeks instead of, you know, three weeks. Um over the first three rounds though, you know, just so we have more games closer together. If you're really gonna stick with a Western conference, Eastern conference thing, like that shouldn't be a problem. Maybe travel is different if you'd go through a one through 16 bracket style though, and having teams travel a little bit further. Again, more of an NCAA style, hey, you know, one plays 16 and so on from there. Um, and they could be teams from wherever in the country, which just makes it tougher for travel with the final game being a two match series, a home and away. way. Um, and I was debating if I would want straight PKs or more of an aggregate scoring because it just adds to the effective scoring on the road. Um, I'm kind of mm-hmm. up in the air on that one. But as I kind of alluded to in prior podcasts, Sam, I think your ultimate solution that the MLS is going to go to is having a regular season and pushing League's Cup as your Champions League. Again, you know, in Europe, Champions League is this big tournament over teams all over and putting League's Cup at the very end of the year over a month period that decides, you know, do you move on to a bigger Club World Cup um, and making that the tournament style. In that way teams are playing other teams from other countries um, and making that, you know, more of your playoff style thing if you still want to keep that because we're Americans, you know. Um, but that's the way that I would go to that because of all of these people that are coming in now. Um, you're getting all of these huge players. I mean, you know, uh, Luis Suarez is, is now rumored to, to be going to Inter-Miami, you know, and more and more of this is going to continue to happen. So I think they're going to go more to a global um, situation in that sense of scheduling in the season.
1: You have to if, if you want to become a top five league in the world. You have to become more global. You can't become more American. That's not the way that <laughs> soccer goes. Like yeah. it's not our sport. We don't change you the want rules. To inc- exactly. If you want to increase your fan base as the MLS, you have to. Resort to what works globally, not what works from your standpoint or what you think works when it it doesn't and never has. So I, I like your point as far as making the Champions League more a part of more, more relevant, right? Because yeah. right now it's like, oh, great. the These teams right. have secured a spot for the Champions League. What does that actually what, like what does that does actually that mean? mean? Like that's that's fantastic. <laughs> what does like, that mean? What does that actually mean? Exactly. So I think that's a great point. And um I think that would bring you know more more people to and more eyes on the MLS if you do make the Champions League something that a maybe it's more throughout the season, right? more more maybe leagues cup is is that champions league right where it's more throughout the season and at the end of the year right like that's the big title at the at the end of the year or to your point maybe you make the CONCACAF champions league at the end of the year i i think you could go with either one um but you got to choose one or the other i I can't do yeah I i can't do leagues cup and Open Cup and Champion like that is way too much on top of a regular season like we're seeing that it is now. Way too much,
0: you know. And I, yeah. I know Europe has their FA Cups and you know their League Cups and stuff like that, which is just more domestic type trophies. But it just gets too crowded, especially in the fact that we're kind of behind the eight ball in international play as it is. So if our players are becoming better and they're traveling around the world to play on these club teams and then they're having to come back and play for the U S or vice versa. They play in the U S and now they have to go play with the U S and other countries. I mean, it just becomes super messy on travel schedules, congestion, you know, fatigue. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, FC Cincinnati is qualified for this champions cup, you know, which is similar to the champions league because of our position, you know, this year. Um, we start in February. So legitimately, if we make it to, you know, MLS cup and win, you know, uh, December 9th, that's like two months before they play their first game in this competition. And then you start 50 games over again. So we don't have a lot of time to figure this out if we're going to keep it this way. And I haven't heard any new announcements. So it seems like they're sticking with this, but like you, we are saying like we have to adapt or you're gonna get caught behind, and everyone's gonna laugh at us. As to hey, like I don't know what this situation is, but we're just gonna adapt it. So it's fascinating.
1: Yeah, to to update uh, on our playoff uh, bracket that we had at the beginning of the playoffs, <laughs> I just want to give a little update on that. Yeah. So after the first round, um, Ryan and I, like he had said prior, um, are tied for second. And we have Zach in first right now as far as predictions because oh, wow. you and I had, had thrown some shade at the, the uh, Columbus crew fans <laughs> um, and said that they were going to lose in the first round to Atlanta. Unfortunately, Zach you know, probably just withheld the spite, and uh, he's he's got a, almost a perfect first round, obviously St. Louis being the big one that has been knocked out, but he only has one loss, and we have two.
0: Okay. We'll see if it continues that we're out. Um, I think my end game was us versus LAFC at home, which would be kind of a fun yes. one to watch. Yeah, um,
1: Zach was Zach was us against Dynamo, and then I had uh, Seattle against uh, us. So um, we all have three different answers, so it, it should be very interesting.
0: Stay tuned for uh, who wins on that part of things in the bracket challenge of the uh, flying line. Um, Sam, I got a trivia question for you this week. Yeah, it hit me. So, related to the award season here, which current or former FC Cincinnati players or coaches have ever been nominated for the end of the year awards? And so, this is all of the, you know, Golden Boot, we're talking about Defender of the Year, or, you know, those similar type awards uh, outside of the Best 11 award. This is MLS, right? MLS, yep. Okay. Um,
1: for, for MLS, I, I was in between three or four, um, current former FC players or coaches. I'm going to go with four on this one just to be safe. And okay. hopefully I get, you know, the, the three that are, are in there, but, um, yeah, I'm going to go with four. Um, first one, I'm going to go with dominant Kinnear. Um, cause he, he was with, I think he was with the the galaxy, I believe, and a couple other teams, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, probably right. was with somebody else prior to that. Or, uh, San Jose Earthquakes. That's who he's okay. with. Um, and then I'm going to go with Lucho Acosta, Alice Powell, and Ray Gaddis. Those are my four.
0: All right. We'll stay tuned at the end. We'll give you the answer to the trivia question. We're going to go to break here and then we'll be right back. So, Agility is a technology driven soccer training facility. So, we offer six facets of training uh, that would be Tech Touch. Uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch. The TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision making. We also have a circuit. Uh, Circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster and eye coordination and such. Uh, We offer skills classes, which is your typical core skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that so we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills and then we also offer athlete development so our athletes come here and they work on speed agility uh, quickness explosive movements really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete welcome back everyone we are here chatting some recaps of the past week for fc cincinnati awards international break some fun playoff recaps. Um, but now we're going to get into the injuries. Sam, my favorite part being a medical guy here, but not so good because i was about to say paradise. not so <laughs>
1: not so, not so fun for me, but yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I wanted to just kind of briefly update. Cause we have a few right now, a big news uh, from last week though, was Nick Hagelin traveled all the way over to great Britain and had surgery. <laughs> he had his hamstring repaired. Um, Again, you know, I can kind of give a little bit of a background on a hamstring repair. Um, Generally, that's about a three-month recovery, um, you know, until you're cleared to play. So he just had it, you know, last week. He's kind of aiming for a February return right now. Um, If you saw the post, he is on crutches, I believe. And he probably has that uh, ACL brace or that knee brace, which will be in for a little bit, just so there's not as much stress to the hamstring uh, for a little while, you know, just a little side note there, wanted to sprinkle in some medical knowledge for everyone. Um, But uh, yeah, so Nick will be out for a while, unfortunately. Um, Some other question marks, though, I was just going to say was, you know, at least we are seeing one player back, Steven uh, Jimenez. So our young, sixteen-year-old player who broke his leg in the summer is now back. He's training with the team, so uh, that that's a good thing. But Sam, do you want to touch on uh, some of the other guys?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, off of Haglin, I, I wanted to you know wish him the best, obviously on the recovery. Mm. Um, and I, I thought that was interesting that last game. I know a lot of people had wanted him to pull the sword, so maybe he pulls mm. the sword next week. Um, because now he's had surgery. However, I don't know how delicate that needs to be or the movement or anything like that, but I think that would be pretty cool.
0: It's too soon for pulling things, Sam. He just pulled his hamstring.
1: He can't pull the sword now. <laughs> well, hey, that's upper body. You know, I I'm not a medical guy, right? So I hopefully that'd be I, I'm just saying that'd be cool. Um yeah. As far as as far as everybody else, though, um, you're looking at about three other guys right now that we're waiting to hear back from. We got Powell, Obi, and then Baji. starting with Powell. I, I think he should be back and healthy by the Philly game. It just looks like he he took a little knock in that game um, against Red Bulls, but he should be back and, and ready to go um, oh, without a doubt.
0: Powell didn't play in the series. He didn't play in either one.
1: Oh shoot. You're right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Powell wasn't back. He was just about to be back. But yeah, he, he was, was about like to play away. the second game. Yeah, yeah. So I think another two more weeks is really going to work wonders for him. It sounds like he's been doing more individual work. Um, same with Baji, which is kind of promising. That it was rumored that he had a muscular injury. because yeah, They've been on the side. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's but right. But Obi is the more concerning one. So Wobodo hasn't really been seen doing much of anything, um, and he's kind of the the more important piece, in my opinion that uh you know it sounds like it was a foot injury but he had to come out in the second half which like Obi never comes out of a game um so that kind of concerns me a little bit but again we have another two weeks um if by next week he's practicing that will be very promising um or at least like around the facility like we just need Obi back
1: yeah i mean listening to what I think Laurel had said last week um, the report was he got stepped on during that Red Bulls game, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm not too sure, you know, what comes of that. But um, we, we absolutely will need him um, healthy to secure that back line for Philly, especially with Miazga already being out, with Haglin being out.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, if you really look at the fact that Obi was there a little bit before Miazga showed up, and we were a good team, and then Miazga came and it just added to it. So if you're missing both for that game, oof, you know, that, that worries me. Um, We obviously have Kubo to kind of fill, but who's your backups to them. then, you know, we had so much good depth and that's a good thing, but we need our star players there in the biggest of moments. Um, So good vibes towards these guys and their healing process coming with uh, this uh, next two weeks.
1: Yeah. With with Baji's injury, uh, you know, it being just muscular i think he should be ready to go for philly um and i think he'll be crucial crucial for sure adding you know once again that depth at striker um it'll be interesting to see if pat goes with a similar lineup um you know having baji start and then bupenza come in uh, see. we've seen that work multiple times right this season um so having baji available to do so would be would be kind of good.
0: Sam, the key to this is that uh Bupenza shows back up. <laughs>
1: He's coming that, that up an international would, break. That also would be good as well.
0: <laughs> That's been our, our kryptonite lately is like players not returning from international duty and players getting hurt on international duty, Arias, Mourinho, you know. So hopefully if that, if that
1: happens, if that happens, I'm blaming it on the MLS. The, the fact that they have an international break in the middle of the season tempting our players to stay in their home
0: countries come on that's yeah. not
1: that's not okay
0: do you want to touch on that first before we go to our cards or which order do you want to do then i think it's a good transition no, we, we, just,
1: we can go to the cards we've talked about it enough
0: okay i i have a little bit of a preview just for some of the players that are called in to their teams but sam uh what, what is your card of the week though
1: yeah, my, my car of the week is isn't really soccer related. Um it kind of is, but it isn't. Um my my car of the week is the fact that CVG Airport just now got a skyline. Like come on. Like I was doing my research and CVG Airport's first commercial flight was in 1947. The first skyline that ever opened was in 1949. You're telling me we have waited 74 years for this partnership to eat delicious sky skyline either before our flight or after our flight in between flights this is absolutely ridiculous and on top of that they're opening an exclusive breakfast menu only for cvg like come on i might have to go eat breakfast just at cvg and then leave like that's what may just have to happen
0: really tempts you to want to go and try that and you know i mean we talk about skyline being like it's not just drunk food but like Breakfast food now, too. Ooh, that, that would get dangerous.
1: Breakfast burrito. I saw that on the menu. Oh, hey. Hey, now,
0: Yeah, I, I like that card, though, um, because, yeah, I don't know why it hasn't been around before. But, yeah, Sam, I'll tell you it's one thing. I'm very happy. Happened. Oh, 100%. I am very happy, though, that it is in the stadium. You know, the fact that we have that good partnership with them and that they have the Coneys, you know, in the stadium. Awesome.
1: Absolutely. Taking and elevating the spices and the flights to a whole nother level. <laughs>
0: hey I like that one. I like that. I got to give you my card of the week being uh, the Miami, inter-Miami versus NYCFC charity match for this, you know, Messi winning his eighth Ballon d'Or or the best player in the world. You know, let's just create this game for – these two teams that are knocked out of the playoffs. And so we get more viewers to watch on Apple TV because we haven't hit our numbers because Messi didn't make the playoffs. Um, It's just ridiculous. Why do they make all these exceptions for this situation? You know, like in all these other years past, I've wanted to see my team after the year. Well, maybe not. Maybe in the years where they've been so bad, like it's like, all right, we'll put that one to bed. But um, yeah, I don't know. It is kind of bizarre. Um, It was just weird to see another like MLS game, getting all the attention outside of the playoffs at the same time. It was just really weird.
1: Yeah. I, I think, you know, calling it a charity match is exactly what it was. It was two <laughs> teams that didn't make the playoffs. um, And that was the charity in the whole game. And um, they still lost and Messi's team still lost by the way. I'd also like to add to the fact that it was a charity match and the fact that, uh, messi didn't deserve the ballon d'Or, um and that you know they they oh, gave it to him as a charity case so i'm that's gonna add your, that on is that your well. honorable
0: honorable yellow right there yeah
1: we'll, well i'll probably get an honorable yellow from the comments but um yeah i i think that it just goes to show that they're really gonna squeeze the crap out of messi here in the next what we've got another year of this or two years another of this
0: year or two but was erling holland your uh your choice then of yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable season by him. I agree. I would love to see somebody different um, because of the year they had and that they won three trophies, and he was the reason why. I mean, that's huge. Even though Messi wins the World Cup, wins I think the regular season for um, for the French league, right? I believe. How many? How many months? How many months was the Premier League? How many
1: months was the Premier League? Yeah, it was it August to like August May. to May? Mm Hmm. And the World Cup is four weeks.
0: That's true. And we're talking Champions League, and we're talking all the other competitions too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Holland can't help that his team, Holland's team, didn't even make the World Cup, and you know he was a part of the qualifying process. But Argentina versus Norway, it's like completely different ball game (laughs) with their international teams, but we've seen Zlatan win with Sweden and they were like nobody, you know? So yeah, that's Holland's next step for me is to elevate his national team. But that's a, that's for a separate conversation. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I think this is a good time to kind of bring up the international side of things. So again, great honors for some of the FCC players. Uh, Aaron Bupenza gets called up again for Gabon. Um, Kind of really cool for him, though. This is the first game of the qualifying for the next World Cup for 2026. Um, It would be the first time ever that they would qualify for the World Cup if they were to do so. Uh, They host Kenya this coming Thursday on the 16th. um, And then they face Burundi uh, on the 19th. So very interesting to see that, hey, they have a game on the 19th and we play on the 25th. So he's got some time to get back hopefully healthy uh but we need Bupenza because we saw last game how vital he is
1: yeah based off of his his last international appearance i mean he scored right so last october 17th he he got one of his five career goals for gabon um which is pretty cool so hopefully he he replicates that in in one of those two games or both you know Um, And then another player that we saw go on um, international duty was Mascara. Um,
0: Can I I give you a a brief pause on this? I I didn't know. Did you see on Gabon, did Buanga get called up from LAFC? I'll have to go back and look at that. But it'd be interesting to see if like Bupenza went, but Buanga didn't get called up or like, you know, chose not to go because he's in the middle of the playoffs. I just wonder if there was a different prideful thing with that. Um, so we'll have to go and look at that and let you guys know, but yeah, let's hear about mascara. Uh, Belonga did. Oh, he did. He, he accepted as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He accepted as well.
0: Okay. Well, good to know that it's not just our player.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So on, on mascara though. So he, he gets, you know, his second consecutive, um, call up, um, they actually face Brazil on Thursday um the 16th and then they face Paraguay so actually two pretty big matchups um for Colombia um obviously last outing he made his senior um first senior debut so um hopefully he'll get a start or he'll get you know uh, an appearance something come on give me something Can you imagine
0: him playing like Vinicius like Casemiro like any of these big time Brazilian players like and then it's like there's Yerson that's our guy right there <laughs> Like that would be so cool. I think it's in Brazil, if I'm not mistaken, or I think maybe they host. I think they host Brazil, but I might have to watch that game just to see. And then, uh, you know, a part of Colombia, Arias got called up, but FCC denied him from going uh, to play with Colombia because of what happened the last time, and that he's just coming back yeah, good, good. into full fitness. Good call on that one. Yeah. yeah based on his history and you never know what happens in the international games. Um, and then our last player um, was, uh, was Mourinho um, who's playing for Venezuela. He's playing Ecuador on the 16th and then traveling to face Peru actually on the 21st. So as the table stands right now, you know, for our guys, Venezuela, Sam is ranked fourth in this bracket for the world cup qualifying in is fifth. So, Very interesting from the last World Cup cycle, Venezuela was dead last and Colombia had qualified um, or did not qualify, I think. I I think they did not qualify. So both teams right now are kind of in that um, upper echelon of those teams there to qualify for 2026. Would be really cool if we still have these guys again to see them, you know, play in the U.S., Obviously that's kind of far away from now. And it is fascinating to me that they have qualifying games and it's 2023 for 2026. So it's, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, what these guys do. Hopefully they get a new energy during the international break. That's always what you hope for coming out of international duty. As far as for your your club team is that they find rejuvenated energy or, you know, they, they really, do something great and, and bring the energy back, you know, um, for, for Moreno, I think this is his third consecutive month being called up. So, um, he's kind of finding his groove within that Venezuelan team and it really shows, right. As far as the outcomes of their prior matches, um, it helped I'm for really the excited. At
0: I was just going to say like, it, it's helped for the national team, but I just feel like his play has kind of fallen off, unfortunately in the playoffs, you know, he's been the guy that's been like, Passing the ball away and making like just bonehead mistakes, and especially if Obi's out in this next game, like we can't afford for that to happen, especially in that scenario because we don't have this guy that can track people down and you know make these unbelievable tackles. Um, so hopefully, this kind of shores up his play a little bit. And the fact that hey, like you kind of point out, Sam, you know if we have a three-week break, at least some of our guys are still playing in competitive matches. You know, it's one Mm -hmm. thing to practice and you're, you know, at least around your team and whatnot, but you're not really playing other people. You're not really like competing And the competing side of thing. If you have a break from that for a while, it, it can be interesting to get back into that if there's a long break between that and at the end of your season. So, yeah, I think it's good that a lot of our players have time to rest and to heal, because we need that we have a lot of guys banged up because of this brutal schedule, but I want the competitiveness to stay there, especially, you know, we're missing it from Matt in this game, but three guys are playing in world cup qualifiers. Those are huge, huge matches that kind of simulate, you know, playoff settings in some sense. So I'm starting to see a little bit of benefit to at least them competing. We'll see how many minutes they actually play though. Yeah. I,
1: I, I, Once again, I'm just happy that they're playing minutes Um, and if they, they get to play, right. Like you said. um, But, but yeah, um, I think a a new change, a new kind of player, like playing against different players. I think that's a good point there in training um, just to get a a feel from different guys. So that way it's not just your same guys that you've been practicing against for the whole year. Right. Um, But Yes, I'm not I'm not gonna give any credit to this international break more than that.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair. Um I wanted to uh do the trivia answer if you're ready for it. I think it's time to yeah, we'll, we'll kind of close it out here. But again, the question was which current or former FC Cincinnati players or coaches have ever been nominated for the end of year awards in the MLS? Um, and you know, that excludes the best eleven uh award for being the best eleven player or position player or whatever. Um, and Sam had, I believe put in four as his answer. He had Gaddis, Powell was Powell. One of them. Yep. Um, was the other one, Dom Kinnear, I believe. Yep. And then there was one last one that Lucho. you mentioned. You say Lucho, right? So kind of interesting. I'll have to go through the total numbers here. You can kind of tally it up as we go. There's more than what you think, Sam. There's more than what you think. So, Defender of the Year, are you ready for this? 2015, Kendall Waston, our former center back, was second. And then 2017, he was third in the running for Defender of the Year. 2015, um, you know, Waston was second. Matt Miazga was fourth in the voting for Defender of the Year in 2015. So, for Red Bulls, he made like this appearance there, um, you know, for Defender of the Year. So, those are two players there, right? Coach of the Year. Sam, you nailed this one. Dom Kinnear, 2005 Coach of the Year for San Jose uh, for a Supporter Shield Champions team. So, very Mm -hmm. similar to FC so far, right? Um, Sam, San Jose didn't make it to the MLS Cup that year, but guess who did? So, New England played LA Galaxy, and it was Pat Noonan against Chris Albright in the finals. <laughs> it was wild. I like had to like look at this again. I'm like, no way. So, yeah, Don awesome. Caneer's team won Supporter Shield, but Pat Noonan played Chris Albright in that MLS Cup Finals, and Chris Albright's LA Galaxy ended up winning. Oh, um, so, very weird. fascinating from that. Uh, then we got Goalkeeper of the Year. So Roman Celentano last year was fourth overall in goalkeeper of the year this year, you know, he ends up being second. So I count last year's one more. Um, So that's another one there. And then this is fascinating as well. Prior to the golden ball for most goals in a season, the MLS had a scoring champion, which included two points for a goal and one point for an assist. And they tallied that up as total points. In 2004, Pat Noonan was the co-MLS scoring champion. There we go. I was like, that, that is so wild. I, d- I had no idea. So that was his sophomore year, his second year in the league. He, uh, he was the co-champion of that, which nowadays kind of translates to the most goals in a season. Um, so kind of fascinating with that. And then the last award here was the rookie of the year. Uh, and it was Austin Berry, who is our strength and conditioning coach. Um, he won that wow. in 2012 with the Chicago Fire. So, a lot of people on our team are former players that have won awards. Um, you know through the MLS, so it's pretty pretty cool to see.
1: Would you tally what seven, eight?
0: Austin have- Miazga, Kinnear, Roman, Pat, and Austin. So I think six there. Yeah.
1: Did you did you add Chris in there or was that just a side note? The Chris part note, was right? just the yeah, side was... note
0: for the MLS Cup, yeah. Yeah. Bang. So uh-huh. pretty cool, right. you know, yeah, we have a lot pretty of cool. yeah. pretty talented, you know, and um I guess honored players, you know, through the MLS and even early on in the MLS's history too. Now, for best 11, I didn't realize this Sam Lucho made best 11 in 2018. Um, so he is one of our, I think our only player, you know, last year, him in, I think Vasquez got best 11 as well uh, for the league. Yeah. And then I believe um, Chris Albright one time made best 11 and he's our only other connection for FC Cincinnati uh, back in, I think it was 2005 or 2004 for right back. He was a best 11 player, but just fascinating that again, these guys are, you know, highly awarded uh, throughout MLS history.
1: Yeah, I think they know what they're doing.
0: <laughs> so as we say that with all of this happening, you know, maybe by next week we'll have the answer for coach of the year, MLS MVP of the year. We're excited to see, you know, potentially two more awards for us, but um you know, I think that is a good cap for for this episode. Next time we're going to review a little bit of the Philly game. We have a date now, Sam. Uh, you know, November 25th, 8 p.m. We're going to be playing at home against Philly. And uh, I'm very excited about that.
1: Yeah, it should be a good one. Um, once again, at TQL Stadium, our fortress, um, it's going to be definitely going off, going loud. Um, since you till the end, let's roll. Since the
0: till the end, you heard it here. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks again for tuning in.